Okay, happy Thursday, everybody. We got a little different Brewers Weekly going on today. I'm Dominic Catronio. Thanks for clicking on the pod. Here's what's going on. Normally, we have Brewers Weekly on Thursday nights live, but hey, we're preempted by the Bucks. The Bucks are playing the Grizzlies, John Morant, Giannis Denacumpo. That should be a whole lot of fun, right? So, we're going to go ahead and sit here and have a little podcast. We're going to catch up from the Braves' perspective of the big trade that went down that brought William Contreras here to the Brewers. Chatting with Justin Toscano coming up in just a little bit. He's the beat reporter for the Braves for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and a great friend, known him for a long time. So really uh, happy to have that conversation coming on here as well. And I am sitting here recording immediately after we finished up chatting with the newest brewer, Owen Miller, who was acquired for cash considerations or a player to be named later late Wednesday night. Uh, We're going to react to that deal as well. Let's get you caught up. On the headlines of the week, of course, if you've been living under a rock and you've missed it, the big thing is the Brewers have a new catcher, and it is William Contreras, yes, Wilson's little brother. Holy cow, I mean, this is going to be a lot of fun. Sign me up for this. The the little sibling rivalry, of course, there's already the Brewers-Cardinals rivalry. Brewers already hate Wilson for his time with the Cubs, so there's more reason for them to dislike him for going to the Cardinals now, and now they get his little brother. So what a trade by Matt Arnold and company to make this uh, move, and it really kind of came out of nowhere, according to Matt Arnold. I want to play that audio here. A couple of clips from Matt Arnold's uh, press conference after the fact of how this came together, what they admire about Contreras and the other two arms that they require as well, Yoel Payams coming from the Oakland A's and also Justin Yeager coming from the Braves. Here's general manager Matt Arnold talking about the trade this week. I mean, these things can take uh, a while to come together and and sometimes they come together quickly and and it honestly ebbs and flows, you know, over the course of the offseason, you know, we we felt like uh, William Contreras was somebody that we had had our eye on and if he potentially became accessible, we were going to try to be in play there. And, and so as we started to have more conversations and felt like he could be a possibility, we, we started to move faster and we were thrilled to, to be able to ultimately come together on a deal here. Yeah, it, it's a it's a dynamic bat. I mean, you guys have seen what he's been able to do at a very young age. I mean, that that's one of the things that really drew drew him to to us was his his bat is 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 something that has a chance to be really special. You know, the fact that he hit 20 home runs as a, as a young guy was an all star last year uh, at a very young age with a long tail of control is, is something that we feel really good about. And so like the fact that he fits in our lineup immediately and, and hopefully he's a brewer and a productive one for a very long time. Somebody that's, that's not a rental, but we think has a chance to be a brewer here for a long time. And, and, and just having those kind of ingredients, you know, we've talked about this exciting young ball club that we're trying to put together here. And we feel like he can certainly be a big part of that, especially already having been an all-star at a very young age. So I have an in-depth video coming out about this trade. By the time you're listening to this, probably tomorrow, Friday, uh, Friday afternoon after I get done with Wisconsin's morning news, dove into three things I like about the trade, three things that the Brewers are going to work on with Wilson, with William Contreras. Yeah, I've done that a few times already, too. We've seen Wilson so many years. William Contreras. But I just want to give you a quick thing that I love right off the bat is the fact that he torches left-handed pitching, and that was one of the biggest Achilles heels for the Brewers this season. When you look at their numbers as a team against lefties, a two twenty-two average, that was fourth worst in all of baseball. A six seventy-four OPS, that was eighth worst in all of baseball. This is a guy that can step right in and torch lefties. This season, 
He had an over 1,000 OPS. He had a 187 weighted runs created plus against lefties. That was the seventh best mark for weighted runs created plus in all of baseball against left-handed pitching. Seventh best behind some incredible names like Paul Goldschmidt, Albert Pujols, Jose Altuve. He's in some great, great company there. The thing that we all have heard about and it comes to framing and defense that he may be a offensive first catcher and stop if you heard that before the Brewers acquiring an offense first catcher and knowing they can groom him up to make sure that he can field this great pitching staff here's what Matt Arnold had to say about that yeah I think we've we've heard similar honestly is that you know it's it's been primarily a a bat first but we also think he has really good ingredients back there and 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 one of the things that excites us about this profile is that, you know, one, as we talked about, he does have the athleticism, but two, you know, we've worked with a number of these catchers in the past and, and had some really strong success. And that that's a credit to our staff. Uh, absolutely having success with guys behind the plate, whether that's somebody like Manny Pena, uh, Yasmani Grandal, uh, Omar Narvaez, guys that came in here with, with, you know, potentially some bat first type of reputations were able to really improve defensively. And we feel like we can certainly have, we have the staff, uh, and the support system around him to get the most out of out of William uh, defensively as well. And the numbers don't lie. You look at last season, his framing numbers, he was a negative pitch framer, negative three defensive runs, framing runs, I should say, from last season. Of 59 qualified catchers, or excuse me, of 60 qualified catchers, he was 48th. Not great. But you look at the immediate improvement from Victor Caratini. Caratini, similar situation. He was minus three in 2021 with the Padres. Comes over to the Brewers. Mind you, he didn't even have spring training with the Brewers. He essentially joins the team on opening day, and he still managed to improve his framing runs by four runs to be a positive difference, plus one, and to be in the top half of the league, 23rd out of 60 qualified catchers this past season. So this is something the Brewers are certainly circling, trying to figure out his defense, trying to find that secret sauce as far as what Walker McKinvin know, what Charlie Green knows, and what the entire staff knows to make catchers better here in Milwaukee. When we talk about catchers, though, there was a corresponding move yesterday with Owen Miller coming to the team. We'll talk about that a little bit later with Mario Feliciano now leaving the team. So uh, he was DFA'd at the time of recording, still going through the waiver process, have not seen a claim yet for him. Perhaps by the time you're listening, that will already be news. And if you don't, if you know it already, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Dom underscore Catronio. But right now, I want to get into the conversation From the Braves' perspective, with Justin Toscano, again, he's the beat reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, seeing what the Braves gave up to the Oakland A's to get Sean Murphy, someone they're very excited about, what Williams like in the clubhouse, among a variety of topics. Uh, Without further ado, here's Justin. We all reacted in a variety of ways to seeing, okay, first we find out Sean Murphy's going to the Braves, then we find out there's another team involved, then we find out the Brewers are somehow involved. And then we find out that William Contreras is going from the Braves to the Brewers. First of all, the Braves are obviously thrilled that they got Sean Murphy, but has it said in that they maybe paid a bigger price than they expected as far as letting Wilson Contre- William Contreras go to the Brewers? Yeah, I think if you're the front office, that's what you had to obviously weigh. And I think they knew they, knew they gave up a lot. Um, and that's kind of the price they're willing to to accept to get somebody like Sean Murphy, who's one of the best all around catchers in the game. And certainly defensively is more what they need than any of the guys they had for what they asked from that position. But 
Man, I mean, if you ask a lot of the fans here in Atlanta, you're going to be hearing a lot, a lot of people still sad about Wild Bill, uh, as they call them here. And, and they they loved him. I mean, just the power was incredible off the charts, especially to the opposite field. So he has power to all parts of the field. Um, and really, he was like a culture guy, like a clubhouse guy. And those guys, you know, you, they're not a dime a dozen. Um, he fit in really, really well here, was that guy who was taking the next step. I think defensively, there were probably some concerns that, you know, they didn't know maybe if he could overcome to the point where it, it probably made him worth trading if they could get a Sean Murphy. But, man, I mean, you look at the prospects they gave up to Oakland. Uh, Roy Bear Salinas is a, a good one. Um, Kyle Muller's, you know, will be in the big leagues. Um, Freddie Tarnock. But, yeah, the, the Braves wanted to do this because Sean Murphy was a guy they coveted. And it was very specific to him. They didn't need catching help. They had three of them, including Travis Darnot. Uh, he and William Contreras were all-stars. So, yeah, they they know they gave up a lot, but they're betting on that three years of service time and maybe more with an extension um, being worth it in the long run for a, a team that can win now. But certainly uh, the Brewers are better because they have William Contreras. I did want to ask you a little bit about the – background as far as the clubhouse goes and what it's like in that clubhouse because for William being a young guy producing in that clubhouse I mean there are some veterans on that team especially in the year coming after Freddie Freeman departs of course but I look at that roster obviously Swanson his future is up in the air but a veteran on that team won the ring as well Matt Olson coming over from the A's the list goes on and Acuna is maybe the one that everyone kind of points to is like all right how is he going to react around Acuna Acuna has a, a stigma about him. Like, hey, it's all about the Acuna show. How has Contreras balanced learning from maybe his fellow countrymen and learning from the veterans in that clubhouse? Yeah, I think it's been a nice balance because Travis Darno really took William under his wing. Uh, and you could see them, you know, together a lot in the clubhouse um, and then kind of in advanced meetings before games and things like that. So he learned a lot from, you know, from Travis Darno. But in terms of like his friendships, it's like he seemed it seemed like he hung out a lot with Orlando Arcia and Ronald Acuna um, and Ozzy Albies, all those guys. It was such a good fit for William because he had so many guys around him, sure, that were young, but also guys, you know, he knew from, you know, around the circuit and who had a little more experience in the big leagues than he, he did, even if he was a similar age to them um and a lot of those young guys in that clubhouse especially a lot of the latin guys really took to him and he was really a big part of you know the culture here and becoming a fan favorite um but i really do think that he balanced that out super well with kind of the on the job training you need as a catcher i mean that's a really tough position um and you could say like you're not going to get better unless you have those reps uh and through those reps and working with travis darno I mean, I think he did make strides this year. And he probably should continue to only get better defensively. I mean, I don't think, you know, he's at his ceiling or even close to it right now. Um, and certainly a guy with, you know, five years left of, um, of you know, control. But I think it was the best of both worlds. And I think you're seeing on social media with a couple of the uh, messages that he sent already, how much he, he kind of hates to leave that clubhouse. You know, he should play a lot more in Milwaukee, but... Man, he from Orlando Arcia to Ronald Acuna to Ozzy Albies, even you know Robinson Cano when he was there uh, to Marcelo Zuna, like all those guys, um, really really hung out. And you know you could AD Edgeranza, like you could add him there too. But those guys were all really big friends and a really big you know subset in the clubhouse that would hang out, and laugh together, and joke with each other. And uh, 
you're taking, you know, a big piece away from that. So I think he balanced it really well, honestly. Well, the, the Brewers are already saying, hey, man, just Willie Adamas, get his big bear hug around him and everything's going to be OK. He's the man of this clubhouse here and he's got the bilingual aspect of it, too. I, I do have a funny thought, though. Was, look, William's a young kid. He's always got a big smile on his face. But now his brother, he's joining the division. His brother's on the second most hated team, maybe the more hated team for the Brewers between the Cubs and the Cardinals. So now he's going to have to deal with the fact that they're cheering for for William and booing the crap out of Wilson here coming up when they play their first game. That should be a whole lot of fun. You saw them play head-to-head this year. Yeah, that was cool. So one of the times they took the lineup cards out to each other and kind of hugged, and that was, man, that was awesome to see. That was the first time they got to do that. Um, And then they were on the All-Star team together. And then in uh, right before that in June, they actually started against each other um, at Wrigley Field. So that was cool to see. Um, and it's really, you know, like everybody, you know, the, the average person's like, yeah, I love my brother. Like, it's my brother, whatever. William Contreras has, in, you know, an unusual, in a very good way, admiration for his brother. Like, if you ask him about his brother, it's always he's the role model. Like he's what he follows. Like that's, that's the path he followed. Like anything he ever needs, he goes to his brother and he just, you know, he just loves him, just adores him, admires him. Um, and really, really looks up to him, which is, you know, you could see is, is pretty common in, in that position, but you would think, you know, this professional athlete, he's going, he's doing it his own way. He's having some success. He's an all-star in his first, like second, really true full season. Um, first, full full season and so um but for him to still have that admiration for wilson uh is really really cool but it's going to be kind of weird because they're going to be facing off a lot like i know the schedule is different the division games are you know reduced this year but it's like um and going forward but they're going to be facing off a lot and their games are actually pretty similar to one another which is a which is pretty funny um, but no, they just love each other like he just looks up to him um and thinks the world of him and really really admires him listens to all the advice he gives him um but yeah just uh just just give william some earplugs when wilson you know is announced before the game there at <laughs> in milwaukee there's been a few brouhaha's here and you know with wilson crowding the plate and a couple of intentional hit by pitches in there so it should be very interesting for that first rivalry matchup but i do want to ask you about one of the other pieces of this trade And look, he was in high A and double A last year. You were covering a defending world champion team in Justin Yeager. Yeager, a hard-throwing right-hander, kind of from the Midwest, guys. He's a Southern Illinois guy. Shout out to the Salukis. Uh, What do you know? What did Alex Anthopoulos say about giving up this piece of the deal to try to get Sean Murphy from the A's? I mean, so you see like a double A, 54 strikeouts over, you know, 40 in the third innings. I mean, the Braves right there, they they target a lot of those guys with maybe they don't have the best control or maybe they don't have the best, you know, command at the time. But I mean, he's, he's got strikeout stuff um, and it should get better. But I know Alex Anthopoulos said when he, you know, he's a guy who could actually contribute pretty soon. Um, And that's, that's what's interesting is he might not be like a top prospect, but if he contributes relatively soon, I mean, he ended last year in double a at 40 and a third innings there. I mean, then that's a pretty good piece. But certainly, like, just to be completely honest, it doesn't look like it looked probably like the worst of the pieces that the Braves traded. And that's not to say he's bad or anything, because, you know, like you said, he is a hard throwing righty. 
but they gave up a lot from the top end of their farm system that I don't think he got as much attention in this trade. Um, and it's still, you know, maybe it burns them, but um, somebody who, you know, Alex Anthopoulos said had some potential and has, you know, some ability at least to contribute decently soon um, in the future, but it by no means was kind of one of the, the top two or three prospects that, uh, that they traded. But if I'm the Brewers, like, look, I'm, I got William Contreras, didn't have to give up much. And then I got Justin Yeager, who if he's, yeah, like you said, if he's hard, and I know you've watched the tape, um, if the stuff plays as well, continues to over the next year or two, like maybe he's got a shot. Um, and you got William Contreras in a trade where you didn't really give up much anyways. Um, so I think it's a win all around just to get even another prospect. When you look at the perspective from Alex Anthopoulos too, I mean, did he give any insight as to how the Brewers snuck in there? Because Matt Arnold here kind of kept the cards to chest like, hey, sometimes these are planned for a while. Sometimes he's come together quickly. And this was one that came together quickly. What did Anthopoulos say anything about how the Brewers got involved? No, he's pretty close to the vest, too. So publicly didn't say. I know Rosenthal had a story um, about that where it was, you know, the A's in terms of like value they could give the Braves and whatnot, um, what, you know, the A's would need because they already had, you know, they already had two catchers um, and then a prospect under those two catchers. I mean, I know you know that really well. Um, And so I guess maybe, you know, not really wanting William. uh, I mean, who doesn't want William, but not really needing a catcher. We're like, oh, we're going to need a a third team in this or something like that. And that's per Ken. I mean, I think that's, kind of a you know tldr of what happened but alex keeps it pretty close to the best he did say and what's interesting so we talked to him right as the winter meeting started and he said uh he said no there's no imminent trade for that you know just to shut that down right um that was a two-team framework i guess the three-team framework came in on saturday and suddenly like it popped up to the braves were hey there's another avenue to get this thing done and seemed like oakland came to them and said they could do it with three teams and you know, they were like, okay, so Braves with three catchers were content to get Sean Murphy and trade two of those catchers away in the deal, one to Milwaukee, one to Oakland, and uh, the framework. So it sounds like the framework just completely changed. But it was funny because my first instinct, and I'm, I'm curious to hear what you thought about it, my first instinct was like, I guess Oakland, if they were going to give Oakland William Contreras, Oakland maybe wouldn't have enough to give the Braves at the major league level or something like that. Cause the Braves don't, you know, they're in win now mode. I thought maybe there there's no way Oakland could have gotten that value back to the Braves. Um, but I, yeah, it, it seems like Oakland just didn't need William. Yeah, I agree. I think the big thing with the A's that they're going through right now is the fact that they don't necessarily want big leaguers right now. They don't want guys clocks already started. And in a case like William, They've got Shea Langoliers, who they acquired from the Braves last year for Matt Olson. They're wearing out that Delta Atlanta to Oakland <laughs> flight right now. But the point is, like, hey, they feel like Shea Langoliers is going to be their catcher for the next four or five seasons as this rebuild continues for Oakland. And they said, you know what? We don't need William. And that's probably where the Brewers swept in and saying, hey, we can try to help out for you guys to get Murphy because to what you said, the A's just didn't see enough coming from Atlanta to say, eh, you need a little more to get three years of control from a gold glove catcher who can really rake in Sean Murphy. So what a weird deal for all involved. And 
you know, you're a San Diego guy. I'm an East Bay guy. And it's just, you know, I think the, the West Coast kind of gets ignored sometimes. And understanding, oh, yeah. like, everyone's saying, oh, the A's got stomped on. The A's got stomped. I'm like, well, the A's aren't trying to win this year. And so they're trying to throw whatever they can at the wall right now and see what sticks. Because let's be honest, the A's weren't going to be winning in three years. They're probably not only going to start turning things around in four or five years. So that's the whole reason why this thing came together. And it's how you get to enjoy Sean Murphy and the Brewers get to enjoy William Contreras. Yeah, and the Brewers, man. I mean, there's going to be a lot of GMs watching this trade wondering, <laughs> how can we pinpoint the next team looking to sell and we can sweep in as a third team? I mean, it was it's something that we're probably not going to see again to this degree because the Brewers made out really, really well. But you're right. I think the perception around the industry, and so much of this goes like because of Twitter, I think, and, and 280 characters, people can be like, look what the Brewers got. Look what the Braves got. Oh, like, why didn't the A's get anything? Man, like, the A's must be incompetent. Well, like, the A's just need prospects. And from their perspective, it's like, the you, you look at even the last three years of elite, talented players who have been traded um, or just, you know, star-level, starter-level players – Trading them three years of control left versus two years makes all the difference in a package or two versus one. And like the A's, if you're not going to be competing and you've already got a guy in Langoliers, like this is the time for, to do it for Murphy. And like, could they have gotten more? I mean, maybe, but it's like, I, I don't really think it, it would be tough, especially because teams know you're trying to trade that guy or you're looking to maybe do it. So you've got to just do it when you can get the best package possible. And I, I honestly think they probably did. I think there's just a lot of cynicism on social media. All right. Tell me real quick between the NL East and the NL West. If I can only watch one division of baseball for the 2023 season, which one are you telling me to watch? God, man, I know. I think, I, I think the East and I'll say it because I think the, the Padres and the Dodgers are going to be interesting in the West. The Giants added Correa, and they've had a pretty active offseason. But, man, like you've got the East. You've got Olsen, Riley, Acuna, Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, Nick Castellanos, JT Real Muto, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer. Um, now, you know, Brandon Nimmo again, like all those guys. Um, Kodai Senga. I think the East is just so loaded with star power that there's probably – and it comes down to, for me – there's two teams I could see in the NL West making a run in October, but there's three in the NL East that if you said they made the World Series and they won it, I wouldn't be surprised. So I think, man, I think the NL East is going to be an absolute rock fight this year. Um, and it almost makes you wish that they kept the old schedule. Yeah, it, with having more games, having 19 games head-to-head as opposed to now this season having 13 games head-to-head for your division. Uh, just looking ahead here on the schedule, the Brewers won't see the Braves until July coming up after the All-Star break. In fact, they see each other in about the span of a week. So the Brewers oh, wow. will host Atlanta the 21st to the 23rd. That's uh, the very end of Summerfest, if I'm not mistaken, out here. Uh, and then they go down to Atlanta for a weekend, July 28th through July 30th. And Justin Toscano will be there for all of it. Atlanta Journal-Constitution, beat reporter for the Atlanta Braves and the AJC. Thank you so much for joining us here on Brewers Weekly, man, and uh, hopefully see you down the road, man. Yeah, yeah, of course. We'll see you down the road. And I'm just, man, I'm just upset that you I, you had me thinking we were going to be talking Kenny Dillingham and Willie Bloomquist on this podcast. <laughs> the Sun Devils that are listening, no, that's a very deep cut. But dilly dilly, it's all good. <laughs> 
uh, fun times to be had by the Maroon and yep. Gold. Shout out to Cronkite. If you got kids that are looking to journalism school, you got two Cronkite kids right here. So, oh yeah, shout oh, yeah. out to uh, ASU as well. Thanks for joining, Justin, and uh, have a great <laughs> holiday season, man. Yeah, you too, man. Happy holidays, and uh, as always, thanks for having me. So I mentioned that Mario Feliciano is no longer in the organization, at least as of now, at the time of recording. If he clears waivers and nobody picks him up, he would be outrighted off the roster and head to AAA Nashville, you would presume. And then the next time he gets added to the roster, he would have to be put to the 40-man. This was a little surprising, but at the same time, not that surprising. The Brewers actually do have some depth at the catching position right now, specifically the third catcher. Look, they've already got one more year of Victor Caratini. Maybe they feel that might as well have him be the backup catcher and play him while he's still here on this expiring deal while you make sure that Contreras is ready to go. And they hope Contreras is going to play every day given he can catch, he can DH. Brewers want to have that bat in the lineup, especially against left-handed pitching. So this gives the opportunity that Victor Caratini can start any day when they want to give Wilson a day behind, or I did it again, William a day behind the plate, maybe have him be the DH. Say, hey, Caratini, there's a lefty on the mound. We still want Contreras' bat in the order. Contreras is going to be the DH. Caratini is going to be the catcher. And it's no big deal if it's a righty on the mound. Caratini just flips over to the left side in that regard. I think that's part of the reason why they wanted to keep Caratini, let it ride for this season. And remember, they acquired Peyton Henry back from the Marlins this past offseason. He was originally a Brewers property. Uh, he was traded last year in 2021 for John Curtis. That never really worked out because he blew out his elbow after a couple of appearances with the Brewers. But they like Peyton Henry. They really like him as a defensive catcher. And they still have Alex Jackson in the organization who appeared in a couple of games at emergency duty in the 2022 season as well. Yes, it's frustrating maybe to lose a young former top prospect in Mario Feliciano, but don't forget, Jefferson Caro is still in the organization. Caro is somebody that is only 20 years old, just came in the Arizona Fall League, had a really solid showing out in the desert. He's still got a lot of seasoning to do, but there's somebody that the Brewers are looking forward to because now they have time, right? They're going to let Narvaez walk. Yes, Caratini's on an expiring deal, but you've still got Henry in the organization. Contreras seems to be the guy of the future until maybe a Caro arrives or Henry starts playing, you know, lights out or something like that. The Brewers have an opportunity to let things settle for a little while and figure out what the future holds for the catching position because it looks like it's going to be all William Contreras moving forward for the crew. I want to talk a little bit about the other two guys. Not a ton here because that's coming in the video here uh, Friday afternoon. Uh, Yoel Piomps and Justin Yeager. Starting with Piomps, sinker baller righty gets a ton of ground balls. Uh, last season, his ground ball rate was still very elite, over 50%. And if he gets his exit velocity numbers closer to what they were in 2021 as opposed to what they were in 2022, give up a lot more loud contact this past season, the Brewers might be onto something with Piomps. Now, I'd be shocked if he's getting leverage innings right out of the gate. He was pitching leverage for the A's mostly out of necessity because he was one of the only healthy arms remaining for the A's down the stretch. He was with the Royals last year as well. But what are some of the things the Brewers like about Piomps? Number one, they love his slider and the spin rate on it. Over 2,700 RPMs this last season on the slider. RPMs and spin, that's a tough thing to teach. So you got it or you don't. And the fact that he's already over that that high of an RPM rate, 
That's malleable. That's something you can play with. And he averages over four inches more of vertical drop versus the average than other sliders in baseball. That's another pitch that maybe you get him in the lab and good things can happen with Yoel Payam. So another thing to keep note, and this is maybe how he makes the, the roster. I note this in the video coming here today and Friday, that... He has reverse splits. This past year, lefties only hit 188 against him, whereas righties hit 311. So something to keep an eye on throughout spring training because right now the Brewers only have one lefty returning, that's Hobie Milner. And if you get a righty that can get lefties out, that will certainly help the lack of southpaws in the back end of the bullpen. The other guy the Brewers get, not on the 40-man roster yet, probably set for Biloxi this year in AA, Justin Yeager. And if you look at the headlines, man, a 33rd round pick and he signed for over 130 grand, it's because he's got some serious gas. The Braves really liked him, but as you heard Toscano say that, well, he might have been more of a throw-in because they have a a lot of uh, depth at the bottom half of their prospect list. He's not ranked prospect, but we've seen plenty of not ranked prospects make an impact and do a good job in the big leagues. You take the good with the bad with Jaeger. He's going to strike out a ton of guys. He's also going to walk a ton of guys. Over 13 strikeouts per nine in his career in the minor leagues. Also over five walks per nine in his career in the minor leagues as well. So that's something to keep an eye on as he develops in the Brewers organization. There's a chance, depending on how the season plays out, he can make an impact in the second half of the season a la a Peter Strzelecki. Like we saw him kind of come out of nowhere. Another guy that was not a ranked prospect and pitch some very meaningful innings for the Brewers. So that's another quick peek on Justin Yeager. And lastly, as we get ready to wrap up this episode, you saw the move yesterday that Owen Miller is coming home. Owen Miller from Mequon, born in Mequon, uh, went to school at Ozaki, and what a story. He gets to come back. It's his third organization, originally drafted by the Padres, was part of the Mike Clevenger deal from the Padres to the Guardians, played with the Guardians the past two seasons, and here he is now coming home. He grew up a huge Brewers fan. Like I said, we just got off the phone with him. He's currently in Puerto Rico playing in winter ball right now, trying to get some more at-bats and everything, but some of the highlights from this uh, conversation with Owen, for me, and I think Brewers fans are going to love to hear this, grew up a massive Brewers fan. He even called it Miller Park. He had the flub just like one of us would. He notes Ryan Braun's rookie year. He was in the building for game one of the playoffs against the Diamondbacks. Of course, that one with the epic walk-off for Niger Morgan. Not for that game specifically, but was in the building for game one. But he grew up a massive Ryan Braun fan. He always tried to wear number eight growing up. And it's just really cool that he says that it's an honor to play for the organization. Not many people get to do this playing for the organization you grew up watching. So his family was really jazzed about it. His uh, brother is jazzed about it too. His brother, his little brother Noah, is actually in the Twins organization. He was a sandwich pick last year uh, by the Minnesota Twins. So now we've got a little border battle, brother battle brewing here in case they both make it to the big leagues here in the next couple of seasons and get to enjoy a border battle, if you will, on the diamond. Now that would be awesome. Two brothers from Ozaki County playing Major League Baseball. That is pretty sweet. And, man, it just make, it just reminds me. So he goes to, uh, to Illinois State, right? He goes to the Redbirds. It just reminds me of the fact that, man, if UCLA is going to come to the Big Ten, why the heck can't Wisconsin have baseball? They've got softball. Why can't we get baseball at Wisconsin? we got to make that happen, guys. I mean, I'd love to do that. I think that would be so much fun to see baseball over in Madison. I know you got the Northwoods League out there, but... Come on, guys. Let's get some baseball back at Madison, right? Let's get a chance for these homegrown kids to show off what they've got 
in the Big Ten now that US uh, that USC and UCLA are going to be coming in 2024. A couple of great powerhouses coming from the Pac-12. So that's a little soapbox rinse. But Owen Miller is going to play all over the place. He's played a lot of first base this last year. He's played a lot of second base and third base. Very rarely a shortstop. And I had a tweet ask me, what does this mean for Keston Hira's future? That's a great question, actually. A big thing to remember moving into spring training, Keston Hira is out of options. He has to make the team or he will be going through waivers. And depending on how his spring training is going to go, Matt Arnold's going to have a very hard decision ahead of him because you, no one would have thought this was coming in 2019 that just three years later he's out of options and really with no path to regular playing time for the Brewers. Now that you got Bryce Terang knocking on the door to play second base, Hira's defense at first base has left something to be desired and the fact that he has the same splits as Rowdy Telez because Hira has those reverse splits it doesn't exactly encourage the fact that well just because the lefty's on the mound doesn't mean that Hira is guaranteed to perform better than Rowdy would so maybe Owen Miller can step into there as opposed to a Mike Brasso and can maybe level out the lineup and figuring things out moving forward but we'll see how Miller steps in the roster is full at 40 again Man, spring training, it's hard to believe. It actually is sort of around the corner. I know it's December 15th, but, I mean, pitchers and catchers report pretty much in two months from today, which is 60 days, which is really only a few weeks. So get your work in, get back to the gym, and make sure you're ready to go because this is going to be a lot of fun to see how else the Brewers can piece together this lineup, piece together maybe the bullpen. There's still a need there. Maybe they want to... Start the conversation on extensions. We'll let that come when it's supposed to. But this has been a heck of a news week for the Brewers, and I wanted to hop on for a quick Brewers Weekly podcast. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in and listening here. As we heard from Justin Toscano, we heard from Matt Arnold. Uh, A lot to unpack from this week. We'll be right back on WTMJ Live next Thursday night. 8 o'clock is when we're on the air, so you can catch that live next week as you enjoy your last-second holiday shopping this weekend. Maybe you're an online uh, shopper like me. I'm excited to see the sun again. I'm going back home to Arizona, uh, and we'll be doing the show from AZ on Thursday. Don't forget to follow WTMJ on Twitter, 620WTMJ. Uh, I've got the YouTube account coming tomorrow, so we got those two videos dropping, breaking down the Contreras deal, breaking down Jaeger and Payomps as well. Really excited for you guys to see those. That's the kind of content I really want to start making more of here on WTMJ for you, the best fans of baseball. So thank you again for listening. Plenty more to come. Hope you enjoy your weekend and uh, have a happy holiday season. We'll be chatting with you next Thursday night at 8 o'clock live on WTMJ. And until next time, I'm Dominic Catronio. Keep on swinging.